you have multiple perspectives across multiple centuries testifying to the same thing. Right. And that is important if I could give a C.S. Lewis quote. C.S. Lewis said, for every new book you read, read an old one. Are you ready to sink your teeth into Scripture and get a bulldog grip on its truth? Listen on some doctrine and get bulldogmatic. Here is your host. Hi, my name is Scott. Welcome to Bibles, Bulldogs, and Beards. I'm here with Pastor William Shifflett, uh, who is pastor of Regency Tree Church in beautiful Edinburgh, Virginia. And we'd like to, uh, while we're talking about the church, we'd like to personally invite you to come to the church if you're ever in the area or if you're local. Hopefully we got some local listeners right. out there, uh, pastor. So we wish we would love to have you here at the church and we welcome you to come. Amen. Amen. Uh, pastor Williams, not only pastor, but he's author as well. And, uh, Pastor, why don't you tell us a little bit about a few of your books? Well, these up here are still the Christmas books, but I do have a number of other books that you can go to Amazon, look up William Shifflett books, and it got all my books, which are uh, eight uh, family-friendly fiction books and then several Christian life books that uh, really, really are uh really can be beneficial to the reader. Right. And they come in Kindle and um, and paperback. And if you're a Kindle, if you're in the Kindle lending program, you can read the book uh, and you don't have to buy it. You can read it online. You don't have to buy it at all. So Wow, that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, so so go to Kindle or go to Amazon.com and look up William Shifflett Books and it should bring up all my all my books. Right. I'll, uh, if I remember, I will post a, a link in the uh, comment section down below. So make sure you check those out. Well, I'm excited today, Pastor, because we're starting a new series, uh, a Easter devotional. And we're going to do it, set it up kind of like a question answer. So if you have questions about Easter, uh, send them in to us. Hopefully we'll answer your question during this series but if not post them in the comments uh and pastor william will uh answer in the uh, or send you an email or whatever right we definitely invite anybody to who has questions i i, I personally feel like there aren't enough christians asking the right questions right now we just That's hear true. we just hear something we assume it's right and we don't really explore it and think it through right we're using a great book, and we recommend that you buy this book and uh, follow along with us. It's Jesus, Keep Me Near the Cross, and it's written, or, or actually it's edited by Nancy Guthrie. And she has compiled uh, comments on the cross from all across the spectrum of, uh, of Christendom. Uh, great theologians, and we'll get into that a little bit later but starting pastor uh i have a question this time of year we always see people walking around with the cross on their forehead so the question i have for you of course i'm talking about ash wednesday um, most people have seen that or heard of it but a lot of people don't know what that is and i'm one of those uh, i've gone to church most of my life but i've never gone to a church that celebrates ash wednesday or, or lent so is 
Ash Wednesday and Lent biblical, and where does it come from? So uh, both of them are derivative, okay, derivative. Now here's the the uh, uh, definition that I was able to get off of a, of a website promoting it. It says that Lent is a period of penitential preparation for Easter, and that Ash Wednesday, which is the, the beginning of Lent, if I understand it right, is a solemn reminder of human mortality and the need for reconciliation with God and marks the beginning of the Lent season, okay? So Ash Wednesday's like the starting point of what is known as Lent, which is a time intended to make observations about our mortality and our need to be right with God. Now, in that framework, they certainly have a biblical foundation right. that we should be we should be mindful of our of our brokenness and of our humanity and of the transience of human life that it's going to run out of we're going to run out of time as individuals, and so it isn't wrong from that perspective, but there is no passage of scripture that says that at this particular time of life or, or the year you have to do these kinds of things. Those are traditions that have come up in the church that there are, and there are very sincere people, I'm sure, who participate in it. But repentance and penitence uh, really should be a, a year-long thing, just mm -hmm. as we should celebrate the resurrection every yearly right. or, or throughout the year, just right. as we should celebrate the death of Christ throughout the year, we should be... Uh, in, a, in a mind of repentance and our need for salvation and reconciliation all year all year long. I, I have been working through a book called Christless Christianity by Michael Horton, and he talks about, echoes something Luther said in the past, that we have to preach the gospel every week because people forget what the gospel is. We mm -hmm. go out and we fall back into our, I can do this myself. So... We won't condemn or, or, or uh, censure any Christians who practice this. We just challenge them to, you know, step up. We we like this. Um, we like a, a particular TV show called All Creatures Great and Small. It's a great program out of out of England. And on one previous episode, the uh, one of the main characters had given up smoking for the Lenten season. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, he was driving everybody crazy because he had his nicotine craving. And it, it's 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 a great idea, but if it's wrong, if you feel it's wrong, you should give it up completely forever, not yeah, just right. not just for just this season. For season. So people will will say, "Well, I'm not going to do this for Lent, and I'm not going to do that." But if that thing is not sinful in the eyes of God, then you really haven't given up anything. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think it is a Again, the foundations of penitence and repentance and uh, the need for reconciliation, those are all biblical themes, but they really shouldn't be just restricted to this particular time of year. Now, again, for some people, uh, it's, a, it's very much like Advent, you know, the Advent calendar that people use near Christmas time. Right. It is a, if you benefit from it spiritually, I won't say you shouldn't do it, but we don't have any biblical mandate to say you must do this. Mm -hmm. And I'm afraid that in denominations which practice that, that's what they're saying. You really should do this. Mm -hmm. And again, 
be wearing of the outward versus the inward. Putting a cross on your head in ashes really doesn't do anything about the condition of your heart. Right. That's where repentance really needs to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then you get in. You get you can get into some other things where you know Jesus says when you fast, don't 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 look like you're fasting. Right. Uh, you're calling attention to yourself. So I'm 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 concerned that this cross on my head calls attention to me mm-hmm. rather than pointing to Christ. To Christ, right. Now now there are people out there probably who who practice it who would say, Well now I can I would take issue with that. Okay. So we're we're not trying to tell everybody what to do. We're trying to say there is no biblical command to engage in Lent or Ash Wednesday. Mm-hmm. If you're in a tradition that does that Okay, but challenge yourself to go beyond the externals of that observation and really have a sense of repentance in your heart that impacts you all year long, right. not just at this Easter season. Now, the, the cross, you know, uh, you could either have it uh, point to you or uh, could people use it as if they leave it on and go to work, which most people do. I've actually seen news reporters on on Ash Wednesday uh, with the ashes on their head. Could you use that as a kind of like a witnessing tool? People come up and say, what's that on your head? And then you tell them about Christ or do you think it more points to self? I think it is possible that uh, someone would see that and say, what is that about? Okay. Uh, but I, I, I would say, yes, I think that's possible. But I don't think it's a guarantee because people have crosses hanging on their necks. Does anybody really come up and say, what's that cross mean? Not really. Uh, it, it's an unusual yeah. place to have a cross. Yeah. But I, I wonder. Uh, and, then I'm, and then the other thing is, is I'm concerned, I would be concerned about is that the people doing it, do they really have a robust understanding of the gospel? Do they really have a robust understanding? And if they don't, are they going to just transmit to the person asking the question uh, more of a, a more of religious ritual than the the meaning behind the ritual? Right. You know, we we, we are prone in our culture, I think, to to believe people know enough of what we're talking about that we don't need a full explanation. Just this. And, and they go away. Right. So I wouldn't, again, I, I wouldn't want to rule out and say God can't do that, draw somebody to himself through that. But I think we should be very much prepared to, to, uh, to explain the gospel and why we need salvation. Why should we be re- repentant, mm-hmm. etc. Well, Pastor, you use two words. Uh, you re- Use the word repentance, and you use the word penitence. Penitence. Now, what's the difference between the two? Well, I, I'm. I, there's a little bit of difference. The, the penitence idea is the the uh, actions you take to demonstrate your repentance. Okay. Now, in the Catholic realm, that's uh, you know praying the Rosary, saying Hail Mary, Our Fathers. Uh, those kind of things where you are where you are viewed as contributing to your salvation. And again, that would not be something. We should all be repentant, but real repentance recognizes I cannot pay for my sin. Christ has to pay for my sin. Yeah. 
and penitence and penance can be uh, can lead us in a direction of thinking by doing this, I somehow pay for my sin. Right. Versus my trust is in Christ fully and completely. And when I think of that, I think of Roman, uh, the Roman Catholics. Right. Uh, but if if you look at Ash Wednesday and Lent, it's also celebrated by some Protestants as well. Do you know which which Protestants? Well, I do know some of the Lutherans do it. I would assume that it may be something within the, the Episcopalian or Anglican churches, the high what we call the High Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and again, we aren't our in our tradition. We don't do that. Our part of Protestantism, we don't do it. And so there may be more robust arguments to be made for it. But the main point I would just point is to say repentance is biblical. Mm -hmm. Uh, A recognition of our need to be reconciled to God is biblical. But I don't know that we have to go beyond that. So the penitence part, as long as we don't deviate or wander away from salvation by grace alone right. through faith alone, right uh, the five solas right exactly through christ and, alone for god's glory alone right so if a person's wearing the cross in ashes if they think that somehow that is atoning for their sin they're believing the wrong thing right if they are doing it as a means of expressing repentance for their sinfulness then that would be a, a good thing mm-hmm. but we have to make sure that we we have those ideas clear in our minds. Exactly. Well, as we talk about the cross, which is the whole theme of the podcast and the, the devotion that we have through uh, for Easter or Resurrection Sunday, however you want to say it, um, is it vital for us to understand Jesus's death for us to, if we're going to live the Christian life? Yeah, it, it's a, it is absolutely uh, necessary that, it, that the whole concept of repentance and of our reconciliation means that we're separated from God. Mm. That, and, and, and how do we get reconciled? It's through the death of Christ. And uh, people have to have that understanding. He died in a substitutionary sense for, uh, for sinners. If we don't believe we're sinners, his death can't benefit us. If we don't believe we need reconciliation, his death can't uh, benefit us. We must understand our need for his sacrifice to have meaning. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure that we, again, I'm not sure it's one of those things. We, We know he died, but we're, I don't know that all Christians are fully cognizant of why he died, which was because we're sinners and we're separated from God. We exactly. need reconciliation. The whole purpose of the cross, which we're going to discuss throughout the podcast. So, Pastor, some people look at the, the cross as a glorious, wonderful, beautiful thing. A lot of people look at the cross as horrific, uh, bloody, terrible thing. Uh, which is it? It is a... Terrible, bloody, awful, wonderful, <laughs> incredible thing. So all of the, all all the above. above. Yeah, if you if you just throw it out as just beautiful, that can lead us to not really be conscious of how Christ suffered on this brutal instrument of execution. Um, but if we don't move beyond the, the horror of execution, 
to what was accomplished through it, then it always remains ugly. So it's, it's I guess, my, one of my favorite sayings are uh, two sides of the coin. On one side, it is horrible, the, the, the horror of the cross, the death. It, it's, it, it disturbed Jesus. He says, now my soul is troubled in John chapter 12. It is a horrible, wretched way to die. But through that death, it becomes beautiful. And uh, that's why the old hymn, I will cling to the old rugged car. It's ugly. It's filthy. It's dirty. It's scary. It's horrific. It's brutal. But it's beautiful at the same time because of what it accomplished to bring me home to God. Amen. So uh, the, the, the yes and answer. Right. So we hope that this podcast blesses you as we look at both sides of the cross. Right. Through the eyes of many wonderful Another, And if I could say this again for the um, folks who might think about getting the book, you have, again, contemporary. you got MacArthur. you got Piper. you got uh, uh about Alistair Begg, you got Philip Ryken, different ones. You have then historic people: Spurgeon, Ryle, Luther. Uh, I think I, I think we're going to come to the end, and, and Francis Schaeffer has an article, okay, mm-hmm. an essay. But the other thing I want to show you: not just the broadness of the cultural influences, because they all come from uh, Luther's a German, and and Ryle and, and Spurgeon are, are English, and these other guys are. Are Americans, although Alistair Begg is from Scott, uh, Ireland. Uh, the other thing is they're coming from different denominational perspectives. Right. You see, Luther, Martin Luther is a Lutheran. Uh, Francis Schaeffer was Presbyterian. Right. Uh, Piper's a Baptist. Mm-hmm. Uh, Begg and and uh, J.C. Ryle, Spurgeon would all fall into the uh, Calvinist umbrella. Mm-hmm. So you have multiple perspectives across multiple centuries testifying to the same thing. Right. And that is important. If I could give a C.S. Lewis quote, C.S. Lewis said, for every new book you read, read an old one. Don't just listen to the new guy. Go back and find out what what they said in the past. That's good advice. And that's good advice. It really is. And this book allows you to do that in a selection of of little uh, essays. And by the way, many people give up something on Lent. Okay. So here's the suggestion. Give up TV for a month and read this book. Right. Because it would really deepen your faith. Yes, it would. Yes, it would. And Jesus, Keep Us Near the Cross Amen. Uh, is the title of the book. And it's by Nancy Guthrie. To be continued, we will continue this conversation in the next episode. And it keeps getting more and more interesting. Be sure to like and share this with your friends, and be sure to subscribe to our channel. Thanks for listening.